week's edition of The Time and Place. Uh, I'm Solomon, and this is Julian, and today we're going to be talking about uh, where we've been for the last like month or so, uh, which is not here. And uh, as you can see, we're one short. Uh, we're usually a trio or a duo. Um, Abby has chosen her family over us. <laughs> Over her real family. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, just some personal things with Abby seem to be kind of going on as far as like husband's work schedule and having three kids and you know, house and stuff. And yeah, um, me, making a, a regular uh, podcast, weekly and nightly podcast is a little hard for a mom, apparently. So uh, with <laughs> screaming babies, whoever the dad. Like so. it's hard having three kids or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, or whatever. Uh, yeah, so um, she, she, I'm sure she'll be on, you know, in the future. We have her on again as well. But as far as like a permanent uh, member going forward, um, it's just going to be us too. So sorry. Uh, <laughs> but like I said, she will be uh, collaborating and involved in, in some capacity in the future. Uh, but just for the for the regular podcast, it'll be Julian and I going forward. Uh, but yeah, so so we just wanted to kind of how long has it been? At least two months, I want to say. Two months? I think it's been two. Wow, really? Yeah, as far as July I know. July and August, I guess. Yeah, I think July and the whole month of July and the whole month of August. Yeah, I haven't been on Facebook. Um, and about that long so like mid june mid july ish I, I got off um yeah and then like in august i got off instagram and just, I've, I've been off twitter um so yeah i'm doing the whole social media free life and i gotta be honest it, it, it kind of sucks as far as, <laughs> as far as just like that dopamine hit you know like yeah you miss that so um yeah it's definitely it, you know, it's, it's just that little, like, look at your phone, look at your phone. Oh, right. funny meme, funny video, someone liked my thing, whatever. And it's like, gone. It's like none. And I didn't even deactivate my stuff. So it's like, oh, he, he's still on. I just tagged him, whatever. It's like, yeah, I'm still, I have still everything active. I, all I did was take everything off my phone, all the apps off my phone, and I haven't been on. So, like, it literally is just the impulsive, quick fix thing. Cause my computer is old and slow, so it's like, I'm not going to get on for that, you know, right. just to browse. But it is that five-second, two-second, you know, little thing. And so not having that on my phone has been the big game changer. So uh, I left it active just so people could tag me. And if ever I want to get back on, everything is kind of still there and stuff or whatever, um, notifications and everything. But, yeah, I'm, I've got off. But, and we can get into that a little bit more as far as my uh, departure from social media. But, yeah, we just kind of want to explain what's going on, where we've been. Um, taking a break. Um, I would have hoped COVID dying dying down by now, but I guess not. Uh, back uh, up. It's still going strong. Undefeated. Undefeated. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, we just kind of want to see, like, kind of catch back up and, and kind of explain where we'll be going in the future of, of what we'll be doing with the time and place and the podcast and all that. Yeah, and that really gets into the reason why we took a break in the first place. Um, when we started, it was kind of just a random, hey, we know each other, let's talk about stuff. Like there wasn't really a, a direction we wanted to go in. We didn't really have a plan or goals. It was kind of a – Yeah, no goals. We had opinions and there was, we wanted we had a way to share them. So we were like, let's do that. 
but <laughs> spoken like a true millennial. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get three of them together. God help us all. But it, it kind of got to the point where it was one of those things that we we weren't putting very much effort into. Like it, it would literally be at the point where we're texting each other, like you know, the day of, like, hey, what are we doing today? What are we talking about? Yeah. And we were trying to treat it like it was something more or bigger, like it was trying to be a real thing, but we weren't really treating it that way. Right. Like we, we thought of it kind of that way, but we weren't treating it that way. So, and that was kind of the, you know, it, we didn't want to be cavalier in matters of theology and scripture, especially when we're talking to an audience, be it big or small, whatever it is. We want to be a little more thoughtful about that kind of thing. But we also didn't want to fall into the trap that, like, I, I see a lot of other social media Christian influences or whatever fall into where, you know, they have an eight part series on Bethel and why you shouldn't listen to their music or, uh, uh, you know, 10 parts on this preacher and why he's not. But that's all anyone's talking about. But we, we didn't want to be that like just another voice saying the same thing over and over and over again. So yeah. we decided to take some time off, kind of assess what we want to do going forward, how much time we could actually commit, if we could commit where we see this in a couple of years. And it came to some interesting stuff that we're, we're super stoked on. And, you know, hopefully you guys will be stoked on. I, I think it's going to be pretty cool. The biggest thing, just to you know, start off with it, uh, we decided partially from Solomon's social media cleanse, he actually reads paper now. Yeah. But we, we were talking about the ephemeral nature of podcast, how it's hard to have anything that like, because if we think about people that we like, say, uh, a James White or a Doug Wilson or a Jeff Durbin or a Scott Oliphant or any of those guys, they have hundreds of hours, if not thousands of hours of stuff on the internet, recorded audio, video, any of that stuff. But what's hard about that is when you want to find a clip, trying to find it in all of that thousands of hours of data that's just out there. And we, we didn't want to be those people that are like, you know, we're talking to somebody about a, a thing and we, Oh, we talked about this in our podcast. Here's a link. Check out our podcast or just look up this on Spotify and you'll find it. Nine times out of 10, they're not going to follow up on that. This is like how many times people sent you a link that you don't click on or you click on and you look at it for two seconds and they're like, "Eh, I get the point. The the big thing going forward, the new edition, we decided to do an actual print publication. So that's our next big project with this whole thing. Uh, And we're pretty jazzed about it. I I still buy magazines. Solomon buys newspapers. He's archaic, but. I read the I read the Wall Street Journal every day, so yeah. Ink on my hands. But we like the idea of having something permanent that we can put onto the world, right? Something, and not only that, but something that we have to think cautiously about because we have to stand by it. Like this is our word in print. This is what we believe, and we're giving it to you. And at any time, you can pull it up to reference it. So yeah, we want to put more thought into what we're saying. Yeah, it was it's it's kind of what I hope like a print. It's it's basically going to be a print magazine. Um, or, or a zine. I still don't know like too much of the difference other, other than like self-published versus. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, but like a like a a self-published print magazine of articles, art, you know, any anything that we can write or create or uh, just a- anything that we want to put in there, and and we're still kind of developing the idea of, as far as like form and content of what it's like totally going to be of like different segments or different parts or whatever. And we're kind of hoping that'll uh, build as it goes, but, uh, and have people collaborate and have people respond and interact. 
and you know respond to and then we'll print those letters in it old-fashioned style of like because i don't know if anybody still reads magazines anymore but like they'll have a magazine like a september issue and then they'll in in the front of it they'll have like a letters column or like a letters section where people are responding to what was in like either the previous month or the previous issue back uh kind of calling back to a previous article so readers response basically i know in the comic books uh it was in the back it was always in the back of the comic books yeah, letters page the letters page and yeah and that was, was cool because the like the artists and writers would actually respond to readers and stuff and so before the internet before that was like a big thrill to like wow they published my letter in the amazing spider-man that's i can't believe it like made you part of the magazine made you part of the 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 canon of of the comic book or whatever uh, so it's kind of neat but it, so in that way as far as like an interactive thing and a collaborative like if someone wants to write an article or someone wants to add a piece of artwork or photography or anything uh they can and we can coordinate that but basically what we wanted to do was ha kind of have like a uh alternative to social media because as I've been off social media and just kind of studied a little bit more about how social media works in general and just like the internet, uh, it's it's really information overload and like kind of Julian, Julian was talking about as far as like hours and hours and, and just like um, just the, the cloud is like heavy with data right. <laughs> just packed in the <laughs> internet. And uh, yeah, it's just a mess. It's like you, you can have like CNN.com or Wall Street Journal.com or something has all these articles that they don't print. And so it's just like every every five minutes is a new article and you can never keep up. Like I can read a whole the newspaper from front to back or my favorite sections in it or a magazine front to back, whatever, because I have a whole month to read it, right? But, you know, uh, like runnersworld.com or the Atlantic.com or time magazine.com is going to have so many articles and so many things to go through. You just like, at least for me, it's like, there's so much, I'm not going to read any of it because mm -hmm. it's like, I don't know what, which ones to like, what's the best article? What's the front, you know, what's the most timely? What's this, the latest one that come out? Cause you wait five seconds and a new one's out, you know, and the, and the previous one is just completely obsolete. So it's like, this merry-go-round that is just, it's just insane. And like, you know, Facebook is just a never-ending fall into the abyss, just keeps right. scrolling up and it's just, it just keeps, keeps going forever. But um, with something with print, it's kind of fixed and like frozen in, in, in place and frozen in time. And that's where we come with the name Timestamp, um, Timestamp Magazine, because it's kind of like, you know, time and place, but also like a timestamp, like let's just take a photograph of what's going on right now and talk about that. Let's just hang on, just get, get off the merry-go-round for a second, spend some time here. And that's why I like reading books because it's like, you know, it's not going to take me five seconds to read it. It's going to take time to go through it and unpack it and go and read it. And, um, it forces you to slow down, I guess. Mm -hmm. the, and that's kind of the feeling I'm, I'm, I'm getting with all this is like, let's slow down a little bit and like actually take time to think about something before we just form an opinion about it or retweet it or share it or like it or ignore it entirely, you know? And so, um, yeah, just, I guess that kind of effort behind this is just to kind of have something tangible in your hand, something that we've created rather than just like bits on a screen that are just going to be just going to disappear in five seconds as it goes away. But just something that we can actually freeze in time, 
have like, here it is. I did this and it's here forever now. Right. And right. it's weird. It's weird. We say like di digital information and digital uh, content is eternal and it's like, it's going to be there forever. It's the best way to preserve something, but it's like, there's so much of it. It becomes worthless. It becomes right. another, you know, zero and one, you know, mm -hmm. but like an actual a book on your shelf, you're going to take that when you move, you're going to unpack that. You know, it's, it, it seems more permanent, you know, it's not going to change in five seconds. That book or that magazine that's on your desk is not going to change. Like if, if I read my newspaper, I, I read an article or two and I put it down and I go do something else or whatever. And I come back to it. It's the same articles. It's the same newspaper. It's the same edition. It's the same issue. It didn't change. I'm not, I'm not 20 stories behind any, you know, already, you know, as if I were to go to like wallstreetjournal.com, right. Where it's just like, okay, now something new. And so do I have any bother finishing that other article or whatever? So that's kind of the feeling behind it of just kind of slowing down, taking time to really reflect on things, think about them, uh, write about them and, and put them out there as like intentionally an alternative to the fast paced social media. Uh, Especially, yeah. uh, you know, interaction is kind of one of the things that we like about this kind of thing. We don't want it to be a one way thing. We do want feedback on, on things that we put out there, whether you agree or disagree. Uh, neither of us is the kind of person that like, avoids confrontation in that way you know we, we enjoy the dialogue and the disagreement and the debate it's fun it's fun to spar in that way and it's profitable in that way too there's you know uh one of the things that we liked about having abby on was that she had so many different perspectives on things that it forced us to look at things that we had held before and have to think about them differently or maybe abandon some of them or figure out why we believe them more um what's what's toxic about that on social media is that like you said it's it's like that I have to respond now because if I don't, my comment's going to get buried behind 88 comments. No one's yeah. going to see it. It's going to be, I have to get it out now. Yeah. So you don't have time to sit with it and dwell on it and think about what you're actually saying and formulate an argument and understand what they're saying back and forth. And there's nothing more annoying than when someone comments a 30 paragraph response to something you said. Like, I'm not going to scroll through my phone and read that. This is not going to happen. Face the social media comment sections is, is, it might be the poorest way to communicate, mm. right? Just as far as like, well, what do we, why do we communicate? Why do we interact with each other to get information, to share information, to share ideas and social media content, you know, uh, comment sections are just, you've got, you've got literally everyone, you know, everyone, your friend knows on here yeah. and, and everybody can see the conversation, jump in. They didn't read the whole conversation before, but they can have a, and, and social media is designed to get your hot take. It's like, we just want, what, what do you think about this? What's trending? What do you think? Give me right a sound bite. What do you got? Don't think about it. Don't do the, don't look, you know, into mm. don't study anything about it. Don't read the full article, just read the headline and react, you know? And it, it, it that's just such a poor way to communicate. And it's, <laughs> the, it's the main way people communicate now. And that's, what's like really troubling is that like, we've got this extremely poor way to communicate with each other. And that's how everyone's doing it. Like we're not calling each other. We're not texting each other. We're not writing letters or even emails or anything to each other. We're not taking time to like express an idea and have a conversation. It's just, you know, I'm going to, I saw it, I posted, someone didn't like it. I'm going to shoot back at them. <laughs> no one even read the article, right? You're just sharing it. Or like, I don't know who, know who made this meme, but it's, I, I like it in there. I don't know. It's just an extremely way, poor way for people to communicate. And it's the main way we're communicating. 
and that's a problem. That's that's a big problem. And I remember D, I, when I would when I still read some magazines, but back in you know early two thousands, that was the main way you got info, newspaper, magazine, whatever it may be. And I remember getting a new issue of something and being so excited to like go. It was kind of a social thing because you would go show it to someone else. Like, did you see this in this issue? And you'd both read. It was like a cool yeah. thing you were sharing as opposed to clicking on something and just sharing it on your social media. Mm-hmm. I've never had a conversation with anyone about something that I shared online. Not a conversation. It'll be no. like, oh, that was funny. Yeah, you know, exactly. Not a real conversation. Yeah, I won't mention it, but it's no like, there's too many. There's too many things. It's like we can't sit here and talk about everything you shared on social media today because there's so many different things. So, yeah, like a lot of the social media, like the dangers of social media, the typical dangers of social media as far as like the narcissism and like I'm, I'm, I'm posting something and how many likes do I get? And I get a high off those likes and those comments and those shares or whatever. I didn't post a whole lot. For me, it was more like a veg out uh see everybody else's stuff and it's just kind of like channel surfing like i'm just vegging out entertainment two second you know work two second you know and there's those little things so that's really what it was it was a time waster it's a big dis- distraction and time waster but it did have that dopamine of like ah entertainment and it has that like slot machine mindset you know of like and it literally is like design that way of how it's supposed to scroll right and how it scrolls right. down and like the slot machine things pictures it's the same when you pull that lever on a slot machine that high that gamble that could the gambling addicts get is what the social media is going for right so and just this learning about all those things too it was really weird and um yeah, man, just like the effect, uh, the, the larger effect it has on on society and other people as far as like self-esteem and comparing yourself to others and just kind of constantly seeing what everybody else is doing or what they say they're doing. And and that's the thing, too. We're not actually interacting with each other. We're interacting with each other's Facebook profiles, right? We're not actually seeing what they're doing. I'm seeing what they're posting and deciding to show us, right? It's like, man, per- their family's perfect. Their kids are never screaming or crying or whatever. I was like, wow, they went to the park today as a fan, whatever. And it's like, yeah, but you didn't see the fights behind the car trip, you know, like <laughs> whatever. So it's, it's just this, what we choose to project to the world. And we do, I do it too. You know, everyone does right. it. And so you start comparing yourself to these unrealistic ideals of what people choose to, you know, paint their picture of, of their life on Facebook and, and Instagram and stuff. So then you're comparing to things that aren't actually real. Because you see your real life, and it's like it ain't what I see on my friend's Instagram or other people's Instagram or or, or Facebook or whatever. So then I feel like crap because you know I live in reality, and I'm <laughs> comparing myself to things that are not reality. So that was a big deal. Um, that, that's a that's a big issue with that. And also, man, like uh, I was watching Joe Rogan, and he had this person on, and she was short a book on denial, and. Uh, mainly from industries as far as like tobacco in, in back in the day and like the, the denial of the con- its connection with lung cancer and even as far back to like uh the slave trade in the slave industry of like denial that that of what the the atrocities that were going on and like oh they they don't want to be free they whatever it's like there's whole campaigns and right. people do it with like climate denial kind of stuff too of like uh gas companies in 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 fossil fuel stuff like oh the environment whatever so kind of climate denial kind of things like that right. and um 
and she she told she told one story about uh, I guess like in the early 20th century they were selling radium they were like selling radiation yeah in like makeup and watches and, and, and like drinks and like you could have like a, a radium shake and stuff and it was, women had radiation and makeup and putting it on no one knew anything about radiation before the atomic bomb this is before like a lot of uh, the harms of radiation it was like hey it's it has a glow. It gives you a right. pep. It gives you a, cos a cosmic pep, a cosmic, you know, whatever. And so people were eating it and like putting it on their face and all these things. And <laughs> they didn't know. And we laugh. We, we think that's insane right now because it's like, how in the world you put makeup, radiation makeup on your face or have a radiation, radium shake and drink it, you know, once a month. And that's insane to us, but they just didn't know the dangers of it. They were messing with this new element that they didn't completely understand. And they were doing with things with it that they shouldn't have been doing. And I think that's how social media is mm. really is like we, we've, we've come, we've created this new form of communication and this new technology that we don't completely understand yet or even how to use it. And even they don't know how to use it. Is it a publisher or is it a platform? Right. right? Are they AT&T or are they like a private website and they can control information or freedom of speech and all these things. They just, we, there's not even laws. The laws can't even keep up with things that are happening on different social media stuff. So I, I really think that's, you know, like we look back at the radium in, in those, those women who put radiation on their, on their face had something called radium jaw. Do yourself uh, a favor and don't, don't horrible. Google radium jaw. <laughs> and they, it just destroyed them. And the, the effects uh, started showing up when this rich person was able, was able to afford a radiation shake per day. He had one a day and he's like, ah, oh, I don't feel so good. <laughs> <laughs> And then it was like, oh, he has a condition or that has nothing to do with the radium drinks. And, you know, oh, and, they, and they did the same thing with lung cancer and cigarette. Oh, they, they had cancer already. It has nothing to do with these, all these doctors say these cigarettes are good for you or, or it relaxes you. And it's, you know, whatever. And, you know, it's just these denial campaigns that they have. And I, I don't think social media is doing that now. But it, again, it's like there's not even like a denial of it. But I think we'll look back in a hundred years and be like, man, I can't believe we were doing social media that way. Like there was no restrictions. We didn't have kids on it. Yeah. Or, or yeah, exactly. Whatever. And I think in the future, they really will start to connect uh, anxiety and depression and suicide and mental problems with social media, like directly, just like we do with lung cancer and cigarettes. It's well, like radiation to me. First of all, if, for like one time, if I knew it wasn't going to kill me, I might try a radium shake just to see <laughs> Just to see, because <laughs> that sounds, it's one of those things, it's like, I don't want to bungee jump every day, but I want to try it one time. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the thing about social media that's crazy is we grew up way before even the internet was a thing, right? Like I remember the first computer we had at home, I would go to watch a video and not even, it wasn't even YouTube back then. I would have to go to the site for whatever it was, usually Homestar Runner. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> cartoons. yeah, and yeah. you would click click on the video and it would load and I would get up and leave and go do something else. Cause that's how long it would take to download. I can't imagine trying to go through your awkward teenage years, trying to figure out who you are, what you're into, just experimenting with things and figuring out and having that all public for everybody to see and criticize and talk. And people are brutal, like no sympathy for anybody, whatever age they are just pouring in on them. Cause it's not real. Yeah. It's like, it's like, this isn't me saying this, this is my, Facebook profile anime picture. And I'm not talking about you a person. I'm talking about some some something I yeah. saw on the screen. It's not a yeah. real person. 
You would, yeah. you would never say that to them if they were in front of you. Yeah, so you're, you're I'm not talking removed. Yeah, I'm not talking to her. I'm talking to Radium Girl 87. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right? This is not real. And we, we, we're so lonely on social media because our brains literally weren't designed to mm. have community this way, right? We're looking for our, our brains are designed by God to have communion and community with each other with, with, uh, nonverbal communication with tone of voice with pace of voice with you know mm. all those things that registers to our brains as community this little bit thing on th that's not community mm. we see it and we see a hundred of them we're like wow i have friends and i'm <laughs> online and i'm communicating why does my brain feel so lonely and why do i feel mm. like i haven't you know especially with covid and you know we're not seeing each other in, in social media is the main way of doing that a comment, a like, a heart, that our brain isn't registering these little pictures and emojis as community with each other, right? right? This is, is, and even this is limited, you know, but this is more face-to-face, in-person. Um, that's how we're designed to experience community. And, and so we have these social social media things, and it it's tricking us. <laughs> we are in community, but we're actually not. So it's... Yeah, it's really weird, man. Like we're messing with this thing. It's like drugs. It's like social media is doing everything for our brain with the dopamine and, and like what we think we're doing, but it's not real. It's not like a it's not the substance of what those little like mm -hmm. exciting triggers are supposed to actually be. Right? right. And you know, it's like drugs. It's like those chemicals are real. They're triggering real things in your brain, but it's on such a scale that we're not supposed to be experiencing it on these substances and chemicals we're messing with this stuff and our, our bodies were not designed to intake it that way and i think social media does a lot of the same same things for sure so before we jump to the next thing uh i did want to mention i'm going to put it on the screen real quick and then we'll the the, the magazine run for now is going to be by request only so if you want one we set up an email account free uh, free yeah absolutely free no no uh no charge to you but we do have to know that you want it so that we can get it to you. So the address is right there on the screen, timestampzine at gmail.com. Just let us know you want one. That's how we're not printing them for nobody. And yeah. there's, there's going to be other stuff in there too, freebies, whatever we can come up with that we think is cool to throw in there. Uh, little little postcard size art stuff, poems, whatever else, other things we think. Um, My ultimate goal is that it's not just us writing stuff and doing stuff with artwork and, and, and content mm -hmm. for the magazine. I, I, what my goal is to actually, I hope to not write on it and to not be, you know, just be more like an editor background, you know, uh, position and maybe have a team of writers and artists and, and photographers and things contributing to this uh, that will go out to whoever. Um, unpaid of course but you don't right. pay for social media either you know so <laughs> all day on that so. and it's like hey you know you're gonna do something about that or whatever and like talk about things on social media or like you know comment on something that you saw uh, you know the 30 paragraph comment thing it's like hey just hey write to us instead you know right. organize that thought think it through grow it shrink it clean it up polish it and we'll publish it you know in a, about culture about something you saw about a review of something or, or whatever and that's kind of what we want to make this is like a real more thought out thing to to but interactive and collaborative with a lot of other people yeah and if you've never done something like you have an inclination like oh, i'd like to publish a poem but i've never done that before feel free to send it anyway 
and we'll maybe you know work with you a little bit like hey clean up this piece here maybe yeah. change this here uh like we said collaboration is key that's that's one thing that christianity is kind of lacking today is like community and collaboration that we want to be able to have that kind of it, personally for me especially i it, it depresses me that i don't know other christian artists that are doing anything like i'm sure they're there but i don't know them and i don't know how to get in touch with them so uh if, if you guys are interested again the email is there if for receiving one or for trying to get into it we're you know we're pretty open to it um we haven't really discussed what kind of uh, theological distinctives are are in. Um, I know I have I've talked to two people already about writing two opposing view articles on the same subject. So just because you disagree with us doesn't necessarily mean that we'll just write it off as not being in there. Um, you know, it could just be an opposing opinion, which we're happy to print because I think it's important to know what you believe, but also what you don't believe and what the other side believes. You should you should be aware of all the arguments on the table. So yeah, this is a this is definitely a, a want, want this to be like a, a marketplace of ideas right. and and prom promoting your ideas and hearing people out is kind of the goal because that's again something social media I, I think is is really bad about especially YouTube and like Twitter and stuff as far as um, you know Joe Rogan talks about this a lot as far as like let the crazy people talk you know <laughs> like you know someone's out here saying the Earth is hollow and filled with aliens. And so I was like, oh, no, we can't have him say that because people might think it's true. It's like, okay, so so remove him, ban him, censor him, take that person off and and, and do that. Uh, well, it's like, well, hang on, how, let him say that, but then let's approach that with arguments of why that's not true. You know, well, this is how we know the earth isn't hollow and filled with aliens. So because whatever. So like let, let, let's both those sides talk instead of just being afraid someone's going to believe a bad idea. Let's come up with a better idea in a, or a rebuttal, better rebuttals to those things, and that's a that's a much more productive way. Yeah, and that uh, one of the things too going forward, one of the reasons that we kind of like this idea and other ideas like this is kind of because we're still in the state we're in in 2020. So we had talked about months ago, hoping that by Halloween things would be back to normal, right? Like the, the whole thing was. At first, it was 15 days. That's all we needed, two weeks. Remember, and then to stop the spread. Two right. weeks, stop the curve. I was like, okay, we'll do two weeks. Two weeks. I'll give you two weeks. Yeah. And then it was a month, and then it was two months, and then it was indefinite. And now and we're George, and then George Floyd was murdered. And, <laughs> and everything went crazy. <laughs> but the, the so, you know, we're, we're not secretive about the fact that we're both post-millennial, right? And – uh at first, it was kind of confusing to see everything falling apart around us. But what I what I think and what I've noticed with this going forward is that it's kind of forced us to do things that we should have been doing in the first place that we hadn't been doing. Kind of in the same way that you don't uh, you won't look for a better job until your job that you have now is in danger. Uh, yeah. We're all kind of in that spot right now. Like we hadn't really thought about education until education started falling apart around us. Mm. Like, yeah. it was the first time that college students looked at the college format and was like, hey, I don't know if this is yeah. necessarily what I agree with. Or the first time that parents had to have an interest in their children's education in any real way besides dropping them off and picking them up. Yeah. Like, this is the first time that you've been forced into a spot where you have to actually care about what's going on around you. Uh, before, especially here, like, our mayor, I'm ready to box at any moment. Whenever I see him, we're just going at it. But he's always been this person, right? right. Like 
he was always an authoritarian liberal. I just didn't know that because no situation came up to where that would be apparent. As far yeah. as I knew, he was just some guy. But now it's kind of shown, oh, look, here it is. Everything. This is this is the kind of person he is in these kind of situations. So now I care. He's like, well, I can't give that person the keys to the car. They're, they're clearly yeah. unhinged. So wait a second. All this stuff affects me? Yeah, you know, exactly. <laughs> it's affecting me now. Yeah, it's weird how COVID is affecting you. It's affecting everyone. Mm. This is a natural crisis that's affecting you and your entire family. Right. And so, yeah, you're really forced to look at like, Oh, maybe I can't homeschool my kids. Oh, maybe we can do with less. Oh, maybe we can, you know, maybe I don't want to work this job or whatever it is. You know, like I know my job, like we work from home and that was like, I, I don't, I think the future of offices are going to be like, why are we paying all this rent in office space Absolutely. when we sent everyone home and saw zero lack in productivity? What? Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I'd rather keep millions of dollars in office space rent you know <laughs> I mean, not only that now it's it's going to get to the point where like oh you're perfect for the job are you willing to move is going to be a question of the past well people are taking pay cuts too which i really don't understand that because it's like you have a, a job in california with google or something and then for this year you go move you sell your house you go move to oklahoma they cut your pay because oklahoma's a smaller uh cost of living mm-hmm. it's like well that's bull crap. i'm still doing the same job right <laughs> You don't pay me of what of what I need. You pay me for the job I do, right? Like, I don't know. Maybe you do, but I just uh, so. But people are taking it. People are like, okay, yeah. I don't care. You mean I can work from home and it's ten thousand dollars less, and if I work from yeah. home, I'll take it. Well, I mean, you especially in California, it's burning around you. You got no power. Everything's on fire. Oh it's, my God. it's nuts, dude. Joe Rogan, move here. I, he's in Austin. He's in Austin right now. That's crazy, bro. He's here now, man. You know, someone pointed out too that it's funny that like. The Spotify deal was what got him to move from California. Yeah, so, like, yeah right. Like, uh, yeah, I'd right. like to put some of that money. <laughs> yeah, <It's> like, <laughs> he's just doing that because he don't want to pay the taxes on that 150 million. He's like, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you pay and you do. You get taxed, you know, the income tax over 50 percent, and you're you're stepping over needles and homeless people in the street. So, yeah, and and your power's out. It's like, well, what am I doing? What am I paying for? What thing is crazy That's high taxes for the city and stuff, and it's everything's burning down and crap. It's like if I'm gonna uh, pay this much taxes, what a good city to live in. In our, in our church small group, we've been going through Romans. We're still in the beginning, so we haven't got to like the the. We're not controversial yet. Uh, <laughs> I've done with chapter three. Not Calvinist and, yet? Yeah, we're not. <laughs> everybody hasn't become a Calvinist yet, or left the church. Uh, <laughs> in chapter one, we were talking about how you know he says that God gave them over to a debased mind. Yeah, and I was talking with someone about how crazy it is to watch California because it's gone from like the promised land to just garbage in a hundred years. Like, you think about when it started with the gold rush, yeah. like this is the pl- we gotta go, this is the opportunity. This go is where west, you young man, that's where you head. And then you know, you go forward into that, and it becomes a booming town, and you've got the railroad and everything going through, and then it becomes Hollywood and it's glamorous, and you have Great Beverly. Weather. Yeah, it's perfect, like it's the best place in the country you would think to live is Southern California. Yeah. Because of the the inclinations of the people that live there, they've voted themselves into it's literally like escape from LA right now. It's just a, yeah. a horrible place to be. Yeah. That's and given the man. choice, they're gonna keep voting that way. Well, and that's when like okay, Silicon Valley and the jobs and stuff were there. It's like, well, yeah. I can have my job anywhere, right? <laughs> if if you're right. working in an office, like all office jobs are from home, but they are remote now. Internet, or, I can be anywhere. Remote, yeah. 
And it's like, wow, okay. He's like, I mean, that, that's a big deal. That's a big incentive, you know, for that. And I don't know. It's just, there's a lot of philosophies of like workspace and working remote, working from home. I know it's harder for me sometimes just with having two little toddlers and not a very big house. And I don't have my own home office. So it's like, I'm right in the middle of the house and kids are going nuts. It's like, yeah, it's kind of hard to be on a phone call. But um, if I had a home office and my kids were a little older or something, then maybe it wouldn't you know, be awesome. But I don't know. <laughs> I did read about a guy who, an, an author who was saying that he turned his garage into an office for that specific reason. Yeah. He was like, I'm not leaving home, but I need that space between. So I feel yeah. like I'm working and not just staying home. Yeah. But it is interesting. But yeah. it's, it's funny too how many other structures are falling apart. Like sports is back, but I don't feel like anybody cares. Sports are back, dude. Like, it's like if, if, if is anybody really taking these like games seriously, you know? But, I mean, it's like if you, if 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 you win the World Series in Corona, it's like <laughs> okay, all, you won the half half season World Series. No, right? You're gonna have like, an asterisk. That little asterisk is on everything now. There's a good article about that in the Wall Street Journal. Like this asterisk, this is the year of the asterisk. Everything's gonna have an asterisk by it because it's like, especially sports. It's like, oh, he had the best record that season. Like, well, he only played sixty games. Started the NBA with like, all right, who are the six best right now? Okay, you guys are playing. Everybody else go home. Well, it was crazy. They stopped it in the middle of the game. They they were were playing, and uh, I think it was like Orlando Magic or somebody, some in, in the Bucks or something. And they were playing, and they were like, "You're the last game of the year." Bro. <laughs> <laughs> they told them at halftime, like, oh, "This is your last game." And I think Boban, uh, that real big tall guy, used to be on Spurs. Uh, he was like having his best game of his career. <laughs> he was like, no. he was like, yeah, he was like rocking it. And he's like, this is the best game, like whatever. And it was like, this might be your last game you play this year. And I was like, whoa, okay, that's weird. That's, that's nice, dude. But it just, I mean, I feel like it. I, I feel like nobody cared if they had come back full force and like we're starting the season right now. All the teams are back in. I still feel like nobody would. I feel like there's bigger things going on right now. The, the the fan the fan noise is the weirdest part for me because you have the announcers and it, it, you know when you're watching sports it's like something happens and the crowd goes wild right and it's like oh you know whatever and like or some you know they call they call a, a ball a strike oh you know and like hear people cursing and stuff and like everybody gets crazy and then like I was watching basketball tonight and it's loud and stuff and it's double overtime with the with the raptors and the celtics and it's like whoa holy crap and it just keeps getting tied it was neck and neck the whole time and in the crowd the noise it's like man that's so weird you could you could just tell it's like a fake energy it's like a fake hand and then the the announcers are talking about like oh and he makes the three you know and 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 they i don't know if they like turn it up or something and like (laughs) the crowd noise (laughs) and uh, I, don't, I don't know how they're controlling that, but it would there was kind of reactions. But then the the sound would cut out of the crowd, and it was like, and so the announcers are like speaking loud over the crowd, right? And then the and the, the crowd goes out, the, the sound goes off, and then the <laughs> but the announcers are still going, and so they're like the yelling right like, in the middle of yes! the yes! It's exactly what it feels like. It's like you're talking to your friend at a loud place, and the music stops. You're like ah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. It's so it's, awkward. It's, it's so, so weird. So weird, dude. But I feel like this is fertile ground for anybody who's post millennial. Because, like, 
you look around and everything's falling apart. Everything's burning. And you're like, this is, I'm, I'm in on the ground floor. Every, everybody's starting over at zero. I have as much a chance as anyone else to get my thing off the ground. What do you mean post-millennial? Like, are you talking about eschatology? Like, yeah, well, eschatology and outlook on the current world. Because whether or not we want to say it or not, your eschatology affects how you do things today. That's just the reality. What you think about the end determines what you do now. So if you're waiting to get, you know, invasion of the, uh, get snatched away, if you're waiting to get this is the ended where you just float away, uh, you're not going to put a lot of effort into what's going on. And this is kind of confirmation for all that. It's like, oh, the world is falling apart. It's all going crazy. Yeah. But if we're thinking post-millennially, it's like, okay, well, this isn't going to be forever. Yeah. We're going to get out of this at some point. It has to end. So let me take care of that thing that I've been putting off forever, especially now when everybody's starting over at nil. Like there's no yeah. more, you know, it's Luby's is closing. But, but it, you know, it's like, oh, well, but, what, but what about like, oh, okay, so oh, the post-millennial eschatology, the world's supposed to be getting better in, in this uh, golden age of Christianity and, and the world become more Christian and the more in, in, in better – uh, how do you explain 2020? You know, well, it's, that would be like if someone watched half of It's a Wonderful Life and said, I thought you said this was a happy movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you only see the first half, it's terrible. Yeah. But you got to oh, watch is, this. Is this act two? Are we in the act two of, of life? We're, we're like, right before, right now. Empire we're strikes we're, back. Like, we're waiting for Clarence. Yeah, exactly. That's where we are. We're still in there. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. Empire Strikes Back. Like, oh no. <laughs> But I mean, yeah. a lot of stuff has kind of come to light, I guess, in this time. Because, like, the, I think we were a little, for better or for worse, Christians in America were kind of held hostage by the Republican Party. Mm. Because they, they were the ones that said all the right things. Yeah. And what we've seen now is that the government will get stern when they want to, but not about things that they don't really care so much about. So like some of us have been watching jobs fall apart and businesses go away and Planned Parenthood is still open and still funded. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Hey, I thought you guys were anti-abortion. I thought you were going to take care of this. But even when the whole world is falling apart, you're really not doing anything about it. Well, I know. And that, and, you know, yeah, like everyone, all the controversy around Brett Kavanaugh's Supreme court justice was mm -hmm. like, He's gonna end abortion. He's gonna. It's gonna be the handmaid's tale. I'm like, okay, <laughs> no, it won't. Like, oh, I, I would want abortion to end, and right. I, I'm not that hopeful. I'm not that hopeful in this guy. You know, saying abortion is the law of the land. Okay, what the heck does that mean? Slavery was the law of the land. What are you talking? You know, like this. That's what's a stupid answer. So everybody's so afraid. Oh my god, that's gonna happen. It's like no, he's not. He's a conservative Republican, and. And, you know, like what does that mean? It doesn't mean anything in in actually ending things that displease God. You it know, doesn't mean anything if you want to be in office for any extended period of time. Yeah, like, I, I was thinking you, about that. Like that, that is that is a good point. That you know, Big Eva, Big Eva, evangelical <laughs> corporate body that it's become. Yeah, is just kind of uh, with the Republican Party, but. I, Yeah, the Babylon Bee put had, had a really good take on it. They're saying, like, you know, I think it was the last election. They're saying, you know, Christians have a choice between a party that uh, makes a mockery of their values, uh, their Christian, biblical Christian values, and a party that outright denies them. Right. <laughs> so it's like, okay, what is a Christian supposed to do is get the two-party system that we just happen to live in? You know, it's like, okay, I'm trying to deal with the situation as it is. Got the left and the right, the Republican and Democrat. 
and it's like, okay, where, how do I vote my values? You know, these people say they're going to do these things that I think are important for, you know, the, the life of babies. And, but it's like, but they don't. And it's like, well, nothing changes, nothing happens. But then it's like, do I want to choose the party that's like, yeah, no, like go yay abortion, shout your abortion. It's like, do I want to go to the party that says we're going to end abortion but never does? Or do I want the party that says shout your abortion? Mm. Well, I mean, that's like, that's my choices. Do you, you want to hang out with the guy who everybody knows is having an affair or the one who keeps it quiet? Which one do you want to be friends with? Well, I, well, ideally, neither, but yeah. And maybe yeah. that's, you know, maybe that's the point where it's like, okay, one, as much as I think libertarians are kind of goofy, uh, I, I have to admire their conviction to keep voting for a third party, even though they don't win. And every year they do kind of get a little bit more steam. Like you hear about it a little bit more. But it's still, you know, to me, the problem with libertarianism is it's still a secular worldview that has no, like, underlying truth to it. We need a libertarian that sneaks into the Republican Party. <laughs> like, because that, because a lot of people, you could say Trump is not a, is, is a third-party candidate. He's not a Republican. He's not yeah, a Republican, sure. dude. He's yeah, not just, like, traditional, no. classic, you know, uh, uh, conservative right. Republican. He's just not. He's this right. weird other thing. He ran on the Republican ticket and won, but it's like... What what is he? He's not a Republican. He's no, a he's a New York billionaire. Like what? That's not you, you know television reality show star. Like who is this guy? He's in and, the WWE Hall of Fame. Like dwell well, on well, that. You, for a second. He's the president. <laughs> <laughs> he's, the, he's taking a stunner from Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> yeah, man. Peace between Israel and Palestine. <laughs> he, he got nominated for a, another Nobel Peace I Prize. Saw that. You see that? <laughs> what is happening um yeah well even bernie sanders too just kind of on that side is like he's not a yeah. traditional democrat like no. what is this socialist like weird you know yeah man it, it's weird so you see these kind of third-party candidates that don't quite fit into the democratic republican that are getting in and getting far and winning uh so it's kind of like okay well could that happen i mean libertarian like yeah libertarians are just too <laughs> It's a clown, you know. It's just a, <laughs> it's a crazy show. It's it's you know, so. But that's the thing about libertarians and democratic socialists, socialists, whatever. They're they've been more post millennial than post millennial people have been, because they've been playing the long game. Who? Uh, both socialists and libertarians. Third party candidates or whatever, like yeah. both third party candidates. Like, okay, well, we're not these. But if we work on the floor long enough, we're gonna mm. get where we want to be. And like get in the system to change the right, system. Exactly. Like people like Bernie Sanders or AOC, like in the '60s, that's not happening. Yeah. But, okay. Well, we'll 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 buy our time. Eventually, we're gonna get to where we need to be as long as we keep putting in the work. Yeah. So well, I think it's, we, like these, it's weird too how people how perspective shifts and things because it's like you know, what the Democratic Party used to be, like there's these like Rust Belt factory workers and, you know, that are voting for Trump now because of his big like pro-factory kind of thing. And it's like, they were all Democrat, lifelong Democrats, but then they voted for Trump because he was this kind of, you know, you know, pretended to be like, or put out there or is now a like, you know, working class hero kind of guy thing. And so, yeah, it's weird, man, how things just kind of change. And it's like, it's like rich, yuppie, well, you know, white people who are Democrats. So it's like, well, those yeah. used to be Republicans, right? right. Like the preppy, 
academic, you know, Ivy League. Those were all Republicans, but now it's like all Democrats and stuff. And so, yeah, man, it's weird. So, I mean, I think now with what's going on with all the things that are being kind of like unveiled and taken apart and broken down, like Christians are realizing like, oh, all of these things that we just took for granted actually do have an impact on us. But not only that, we actually have an impact on them or we should and we can. Yeah. Like, especially the, the funny one to follow right now is the Mulan thing because it's it's such a clown. Like more stuff to come out about it. It's such a clown show. Like uh, apparently Disney filmed the movie in a specific region of China yeah. that's controlled by the parties that are doing the, the stuff that you're not supposed the, to do. The, over there. the concentration camps of the Uyghur yeah. Muslims. Yeah. And they thanked them in the credits for allowing them to film in the area. So it was like, whoa, this Dude. is getting – like we're starting to realize, like, oh, it's, it's like the NBA with that, with like, yeah, it, it's, exactly. You know, we're held hostage by the by the uh, mass population and yes. tickets and stuff that, and eyeballs and, and seats and and you know butts in theater seats that pay for these billion dollar movies. Right. You know, it's a mass market if for basketball, for movies, for whatever. And they'll act. That's why there's an Asian character like in every new movie, right? Mm. And or and they'll actually like cut out like they cut out uh, the 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 lesbian kiss in the Star Wars movie. Yes, for the overseas to, markets. For for them, and it's like oh, oh okay. Like, do you it's remember LGBTQ uh, affirming? Except for we want to sell tickets in this country. You know, cut that right out. <laughs> when when Tilda Swinton was announced to play the ancient one. Yeah, white watcher. Like, yeah, in America, it was like, oh, that's whitewashing. But I read somewhere that they were saying that that was a strategic move by Disney and Marvel because the ancient one is from Tibet. And in China, they don't like to talk about that. So yeah. they're like, okay, we'll just change that. No big deal. Yeah. Like, we'll take the backlash in America because we want that Chinese money. Yeah, well, that was one of the things, like the the – the basketball players they can put black lives matter or like freedom or equality right you and you can buy jerseys too you can go on and buy jerseys and make and, and write you can write uh something a customized you know political right. slogan or whatever but we, but there's things you can't write right so you you couldn't write free tibet mm. so people people try to go on there and like write stuff and like uh, you can't write free tibet you can't even you buy can't it. write you can't it wouldn't take it when you try to put it in wow. it wouldn't <laughs> There were like a lot of, or like blue lives matter. Like it wouldn't, it wouldn't take it. And so I was like, what? That's super weird. So, uh, yeah, but I, I guess say it is really funny to see freedom and equality and peace fighting each other on the basketball court. <laughs> like throwing fist fights. And like, I want to do to like hard foul somebody with a piece. Yeah, they other. are. They're like getting each other's face and like punching each other. It's like freedom. Peace, like so literally weird. on the back of their shirts. Like, oh, that's awesome! It's like maybe don't do that when you have <laughs> brotherhood written on your back of your shirt. <laughs> Did you see the thing from CNN that it made me laugh because it's so 1984? It's it's actually it's not even 1984. It's so Stalin. It's hilarious. Uh, the Redskins the thing. Yeah, the Redskins thing. Yeah, it's so. It's so egregious that they're just airbrushing out history. Like it's Stalin. It's literally what Stalin would do. It's like what they 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 they, they uh, airbrush those Czechoslovakian guys out, right? Of like yeah. pictures. Yeah, they <laughs> just airbrush them out. Like they have like a, a floating hat. Yeah, like a hat that's like floating. Like what is that? Or like an extra hand in like a group handshake right. or something. <laughs> like don't worry about it. You want to get airbrushed too? Don't ask any questions. 
You know what? You're getting airbrushed too. You're not in the next picture. <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah, that's really weird, dude. I was saying that the thing that's happening now is that we're being – before we could be neutral to certain things because they really didn't affect us so much. Like we can be neutral on sports. I don't really care what they think. I just want to watch a game. I, I There was a time in my life where I never heard Greg Popovich's opinion on anything, and it was a great time. And now I know what he thinks about everything. Yeah. I don't sports but, were that kind of neutral ground where it's like, look, yeah. we all disagree, but let's just get together. They used to stop wars for the Olympics like yeah. in ancient Greece. Like two war, two countries be going at war with each other and have the Olympics. Okay, we're all done. Hang on, we're gonna have the Olympics. Then we'll go back to war. Like <laughs> that's crazy. Now, really we don't have that anymore. now it's everybody's picking a side. Like, and I kind of love that in a way because it really is like put up or shut up time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man, it's just weird. Like, so what does this mean though? Like, we're gonna not have any sports anymore. Like, I don't want that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. Yeah, but I've never been able to like turn my my TV off because they kneeled for the national anthem or something. Because it's like I don't care. Like what? I mean, right. I don't know. That's him. Like I, you know, right, right. People are beating their girlfriends and and on drugs. Like you know what <laughs> I mean, and I'm gonna off because this guy kneeled for the national anthem. I'm like, come on. So and even like you know watching basketball, Black Lives Matter, everything, and um, you know, it's like okay, whatever. Like I, I don't know. I don't think I, just, I guess I feel like just turning my TV off is not going to do anything, but maybe it will. I guess. I mean, it, 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 one person no, but enough yeah. people yes, and that, but that's the problem is that most of us in, in the same way with third party voting is like, well, I don't want to waste my vote. Well, yeah, if one person does it, it's a waste. If like a million people do it, then it's an impact. Yeah, but it's a waste. <laughs> Well, it's like I, I only have a so every four years I have a certain amount of presidential votes yes. that I yes. have. It's like I'm right. gonna throw them away every time. You know what I mean? Like, right? I but I mean, that's the that's the the opinion that keeps us voting for that. That's the opinion that gets you to Donald Trump. Or just improve, just improve your party. Like, don't like, I don't thing. abandon it. Like, it's the cold thing of like love it or leave it. It's like, or, or, or how about change it? You know, like if you don't love America, leave it. Well, no. How about you stay and vote? And and <laughs> but that's okay. But that's the that's people and get do things. That's what I'm saying. That's the flip side of this. Is that now, like before, it didn't bother me really who the mayor was because it really didn't do anything for my life, right? Even though it's the mayor, even though it's local, I don't yeah. know him. I don't really know what he stands for. Whatever. Now I do, and now I'm thinking, okay, well, this turkey can't be the mayor next time when the election comes up. Now I have an incentive to go actually vote. In a way, yeah. effectively, and I think well, that, it's that, weird how, like, as people get older, they become kind of more conservative, especially fiscally, as far as like, oh, I pay property taxes now. That's coming out of my check. Oh, okay. Right. I get a paycheck now. Oh, okay. I have to pay tax. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, that's going to depend determine who I vote for. You know, well, I mean, that's, that's the difference between conservatives and uh, liberals, especially fiscally. Yeah. Concerned about it because they have stuff to lose. Yeah, it's like if I'm a broke dude and I don't right. have anything, it's like okay, cool. I'm gonna I'm gonna vote for this person so I get my college my tuition deleted. You know, it's like yeah, but when you when you grow up and you buy the house, that same guy guy or same kind of guy's in office, you'll be paying out the butt in property taxes. Like you know what I mean? So you're gonna pay for it now, pay for it later, basically. If if that kind of same person stays in office, because like right yeah. now, if if Bernie Sanders became president. And like canceled student debt, I'd be like, 
awesome. That's awesome. Like for awesome. me, yeah, yeah like that's great. I don't, don't want a house. I don't. So it's like that's my biggest debt is my student loan. So it's like you're gonna take away my biggest debt. That's a benefit to me big time. But now we have Bernie Sanders in the office. As far as like now, I, when I, it, the older I get, and then AOC is in office. Well, now I'm paying for their Green New Deal. It's Oof. like, well, crap. You know, I wanted my student loans taken care of, but I don't want to pay this kind of but property tax the rest of my life. You're, you're talking about you're talking as someone who has kids and goals and aspirations, and right? Like, yeah. I, well, I think that's what it is. Like, well, I'll never own a house. I'll never have this. I'll never do anything. So just keep taking, giving me a check. You know. And it's like, okay, well, that person, yeah, has to, has no incentive to think about the future of what they might own and what they might pay property taxes on, or what they might. Well, I mean, especially when they don't, they don't have kids. That's maybe the biggest one. Like a lot of, them have kids. A lot of these broke dudes have kids. <laughs> I mean, do they have kids though? That's the thing. <laughs> like they they have kids in the fact that they uh, reproduce well, themselves. Yeah, so like that's their that's the motivation too. Is like, well, I have I have kids with a bunch of baby mamas that, and I want the state to pay for them because I don't want to raise them. So I'm gonna keep voting for this that's gonna keep paying for these welfare states kind of things, and I don't ever have to take responsibility for my own family or whatever. So yeah, man. But I think that's a different. That's that's where we. uh, I've been listening to a lot of cross politic lately, and they're all the Moscow Idaho guys. And really? yeah, there, it's, it's, uh, Toby Sumter, who I think is great. Uh, Gabe Ranch and, uh, I can't remember the other guy's name cause they always call him chocolate Knox. I love him. He's great. He's great. But they, you know, they always end their show with like, if you're, if you're single, get married, if you're married, have kids and they're Presbyterian. So if you have kids, baptize them, whatever, we'll talk about that later. But, uh, <laughs> but that idea of like, okay, get married, have kids, yeah, something. That's that's a Christian ideal that's like missing from American politics. David Bonson was on their show today, mm. and he was talking about how there needs to be David Bonson, son of Greg Bonson, who's you know the goat of apologetics. Oh, yeah. Um, he he was saying how there needs to be a two pronged approach to changing society. He was saying like we keep trying to vote ourselves out of these problems, but that doesn't work. It needs to be. Boots on the ground. So essentially the, the person-to-person contact is what's going to be that, – that's how we spread the gospel. Person-to-person, on the streets, yeah. in the coffee shops, all of that. He made another point where he was saying the other problem is that we don't have anybody who shares our ideals in control of any of the institutions in society. Uh. So like if, if you think about all the universities that were founded by Christians and now they're just pumping out complete secular ideology and there's no opposing voice in any of that. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's an atheist factory. Yeah, I mean, I, I think part of it too, kind of like we're talking about social media, is 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 getting out of these sort of walled gardens on the internet of social media. Like, social media is not the internet. Facebook's not all the internet is, but it kind of has become. We've got like right. three major platforms that control the internet, basically. Yes, I don't go to you know someone's website. I go to their Facebook page. Right. Right. I don't I don't go to someone's web page. I go to their Instagram. I go to their Twitter. I go to see what's going on. And they know that. And that's where they're active. They don't just make a website and have a blog and, and, and content and information. I mean, they do for the baby boomers who still go on actual websites. But, you know, social media. So then it's because so then they so now we have Facebook, Twitter and Instagram controlling the Internet, basically. So it's just, that sucks. That's, that's really crazy. 
social media can't be completely bad, right? Like it can't be, there has to be some upside to it. Every upside you can find something else for. Okay. Like I want to, I want to blog. I want to write ideas and opinions. Well, I can do that without social media, right? Right. Everything good that social media is, you don't need social media for. It's like, oh, I can share the gospel. It's like, hey, you know, you can text that person too, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, you can invite someone at work to church. You know, it's like, you don't, social media is like, yeah, sure. But you can do all the benefit and positive things you can do on, uh, uh, for that social media gives you, you can also do without it in some way. So yeah, that's that. So it's like, okay, sure. But like, you can also do without it. So it doesn't have unique good things. It has unique bad things. It has more unique and, and only to social media negatives than uh, the positives. Hmm. It has positive parts, but comes at a price. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, how, how much sludge do you want to wade through to get to, I posted a Bible verse on my Instagram, you know, but then even that becomes like a, Oh, look how holy I am or something. And, <laughs> and that was the thing. That was the thing that kind of got me too about social media as far as posting. Cause I didn't really post, but like on right. that side of me posting, yeah. uh, what, what, what a danger was. And I, well, what I, a thing that I didn't like about it was, um, so I had, had this, I got this, uh, I never posted cause I was like, well, who cares what I'm doing? Who, who cares? You know, it was just kind of like, I'm not, my, my life isn't that exciting and interesting. So like, I'm not just going to post my, my meals aren't very interesting to look at. Right. So it's like, I, I'm not going to be active on Instagram. Right. Cause I don't eat at cool places and have awesome dinners and, and cool plates to look at. So, you know, it's like, I'm not going to post anything, but then, um, what I did want to post was, so I was like, well, I want to post stuff, but my life's not that interesting. So I'm, what can I, what should I post? What could I post about? So I got this, um, I didn't get it for this. I got it just independently, but then I thought of it later. Uh, the, uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art uh, daily desk calendar, where it's like a, a page, a, a page a day, you know, and each, each day was a different work of art, a different painting or sculpture or something. And uh, I was like, this would be cool to have on my desk, just kind of like, you know, I was trying to be on my phone less anyway. So it was like, that'd be kind of cool. Something to distract, distract me like in a positive way, kind of at my desk, whatever. So I got that at the beginning of the year. And then, um, Caesar, um, <laughs> don't tell me you're <laughs> not Instagram worthy. I'm sorry. Whatever. <laughs> my meals aren't Instagram. I don't know. Something there. They taste good. If I could, if I could really have the taste of it, I could really have the taste of it. It'd be great. That's coming. That's gonna but be a plug. It's not a work of art on the plate. All right. But anyway, so I was I was posting actual artwork from the Met, and right. so I would I would have a daily desk calendar thing, and so I flipped the the, the painting or whatever. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. Like, this is awesome. I really like this one. I'm gonna post it on on Instagram. And so I would I would find the image from the Met website and like little description of when it was painted and who painted it and stuff and put that on there. No comment, no no blog, no review or anything. Just sharing it. Like I thought this is a good thing that I'm putting out there. Like I enjoy this artwork. I want other people to enjoy it too. And I, it's like a positive, good thing to kind of put out into social media and Instagram. I'm going to put these masterpieces of artwork out there. Right. Well, then they started getting likes and started getting feedback and stuff and then and then it became like oh man this is really good and then it became part of the the enjoyment of the art so then it was like 
I, I would turn, I would flip the page and it was like, this is going to get a lot of likes. You know, I wasn't thinking this is really cool and I enjoy it. It was like, I wonder how many likes this one will get, you know? And then I started posting things that were like, I didn't even like it. I didn't care about it, but I just posted it because it was, I just wanted to be active on Instagram that day, you know? And then I was just doing it for the likes and the comments and stuff. And it's like, well, that sucks. I don't want, you know, that's stupid. And then again, that got me to thinking about like, can we enjoy something and not tell anybody about it? Mm. Right. Can, can you hear a new song or watch an awesome movie or like experience something really cool and just enjoy it? Just, just like it for yourself. Like I'm going to like this and not tell anybody about it. And it's just like, I have this personal interaction with this thing and I like it and that's it, you know? And, and I understand we have this need to like share things that are that that jazz us, right? That that, right, that right. like get us going and stuff. And I think that's good, but it but it should be for the reason of getting other people excited as well. Because I know that's a motivation yes. to share the gospel of like God right, has changed yeah. my life. Christ oh. has Christ has moved me in this way and regenerated me in this way. I can't help but have it pour out. And it's just you know, um, like in John, let's talk about when you go away from me too. He says, "Where will we go? You right. have the word of eternal life." So like. Mm. I can't help, you know, an axe when they're saying, when, when uh, they were being persecuted and saying like, whether, whether or not it's, it's right for us to say these things, that's for you to decide, but we cannot help but talk about what we have seen and heard. Right. right. That's like, that's how our motivation should be, but it should be that of like, this is just kind of pouring out of me. I'm not mm. doing it for likes. I'm not doing it for accolades. I'm not doing it for like what kind of feedback I might get. I'm doing it because I just, it's just what happens when you, when you see me, this is what happens. Mm. Right. I talk about comics. I talk about movies, <laughs> I talk about whatever, and it's like, I talk about God, I talk about Christ, and it's like, that should be the motivation, not, man, this is going to get a lot of likes, or, oh, man, you know going to raise my profile, or increase my brand, or something, so, and that's what Which social media is, does, uh, I think social media is designed for that, it's not designed to, hey, have what you love pour out, and so everybody else can enjoy it, it's, mm. Look at those likes. Look at those feedback. This is this is, and they have a whole data. They have a whole industry of social media data research that says when you talk about this, you get this much interaction. When you yes. talk about this, you get this negative interaction. So blah blah. blah. And so you have these social media companies that this whole job is like when you when you podcast, when you talk about this, you get this many likes and this many things. And it's like I, I don't want to tailor my preferences and things I like and talk about around the social media data feedback, you know, feedback data. Like I want it to be just, this is who I am and it's coming out. I don't care if no one likes it or what the data research shows about it. It's just, that's what it is, you know, and that, but social media is not geared to that. It's, it is geared to piss you off. It's geared yes. to reaction. It's reactionary. Yeah. To outrage you, to get you angry. And that was the thing I was like, well, I'm not just going to comment. Cause I knew they're going to do, I was like, I'm not going to like anything. I'm not going to comment anything. Because that gives the data and that feedback and whatever, and then yes. that messes with the algorithm, and then it's just whatever. But then I would just see all these things that piss me off, and I can't comment on it. And it's like, well, uh, now I'm just pissed off. I can't like want to talk about it, whatever. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. That's an it interesting point because really your friends and family and grandma and everybody's on it. It's like, well, they haven't seen pictures of the kids in a few few days. I got to post it on the Instagram it's for everybody, the whole entire world to see it. It's like, again, you know, you can text that person. Pictures <laughs> of the kids, right? You know what I mean? It's like these other forms are just completely gone away. I, and, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram are only lifelines to other people. No, they're not. They're not. But we have to remember that. And, and text people, call people, email people, write a letter to people, send a postcard. 
do something that's just that has some soul in it right and that's not driven by data market research you know well, it's interesting how you talk about how like having an experience with something with without having to post it because like i follow a lot of artists on social media because i like to see what they're putting out and doing but yeah. like if you go to the art museum they don't have a, a a pad for you to write down your comment on a picture after you look at it right <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> the painting is there and you have an experience with it and they and honestly they don't care if you like it or not it's just there they're showing it like hey look at this thing that we found yeah. It's nice, we think, and you can experience it or not. But like, that's how how quick would Instagram die if they took away the ability to like like or comment on something? If it was just a scrolling feed of pictures that you could just share with people, they would have no idea what people want and what people like, and, but and so there'd be no data to buy on people. Right. So how quick would it die? Like, <laughs> if it was just a thing for you to put stuff out and be like, "Hey, well, I'm sharing this is. with the world." But and that's what's weird is like I was talking about like how how. We're the market agents. We're, we're the marketing agents for Coca-Cola and Adidas and a band or a movie or whatever. Like, you know, they, they don't have to – we don't have to negotiate the sale of airtime on television for a new movie that's out. We just share it and we mm. just retweet it and we just like it and we promote it. And so they're making money off of us trying acting as market agents sharing their product. It's like, well, I'm not getting paid by <laughs> this movie that just Anyone. came out or whatever, but I'm sharing it. I'm doing the work of it. It's like you're the billboard, you're the T-shirt, you're the bumper sticker, and mm -hmm. you know you're the trailer. You know, and that's how it is. I'm like Coca-Cola, all Coca-Cola has to do is make a Facebook page, and you're gonna go like it and share all their stuff. We're doing all this work for all these companies and corporations, and it's like they're getting rich off of our retweets and whatever. And it's in I know it's not work to retweet something, but that's exactly the point. It's just so easy to become these marketing agents for all these big corporations. But I mean, it is really working in a, us and we're broke. It is work in a way because they do have social media firms that work for them, right? Like they do hire people to do their social media. So yeah, but essentially doing it for free. Something. But if they, if they post something and no one shares it and retweets it, they wouldn't do that. They do, they, they do it because they got a bunch of little ant employees ready to retweet and share all their bull crap. Yeah. Right. And we do. All they got to do is put it together and post it. And this right? is interesting because I, I, I don't think we talked about going here, but it's interesting to get into this idea because I think there's that's the danger of like influencer culture, too, yeah. is that I mean, it's all marketing. Obviously, it's all it's fake all marketing. marketing. All but there's marketing. this there's this weird thing that's happening now. How there's always a cheesy Christian version of everything else. There's like Christian influencers now. That's the thing that's happening. Yeah. And that's where I was talking about earlier, how I didn't want to ever fall into the trap of being the person who has nine posts about Bethel every day. Like, but people like that a lot. Yeah. It, it, it hits that, that spot in the back of your head. That's like, uh, glad I don't believe that heresy. <laughs> it's, it, it triggers your inner Pharisee, I guess. It's so heresy hunting. Yeah. Oh, yes. Like heresy, hunting. heresy hunters. And it's like, hey, yes. look, you got it wrong. It's like, well, can you explain your doctrine and, and, and you know, like theology of, of, of your doctrine and uh, denomination? Like, no. Like, okay. Well, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how many Baptists know what it is to be a Baptist? Like, why so are I don't you? Know, a Baptist? Yeah. So I don't know why I'm right. I just know they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. That's what it, Christianity has become a lot of. Like, of all this, yeah. And it gets back to that big Eva thing because there's so many, like, there's always, it's funny because there's starting to be a mold, right? Because, like, before it was, Fox News was the first one where they kind of noticed it was Fox News always had, like, the attractive, blonde, harsh woman 
as like their their anchor person, right? She had to be blonde, she had to be good looking, and she had to have an attitude because that's what people wanted to see. That's kind of like the new Christianity thing, but it's a little bit different. It's like she has to be uh, a wife, not necessarily yours, but she has. You have to look at her and think wife. Yeah, but it's she all, also has. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it's and, but they're also shilling for Trump. Yeah, I mean they know the they know the audience and their market to it, you know, and that and social media is no different. But social media is just in your face nonstop, and it's just a it's just a rat race merry-go-round that you're just spinning on. And man, it's just you can't keep up. And and well, that, you know that, the- that that's what that's my thing of like I just want to enjoy this. When I say that, I guess I I mean more of like a slow down time thing of yes. like. I'm just going to read this and enjoy it. I'm just going to see this artwork or watch this movie, or whatever, listen to this uh, new band or whatever, and just enjoy it because I enjoy it. And that's, you know, I don't, I don't enjoy how, how much other people like, do I enjoy it or do I enjoy other people watch mm-hmm. knowing that I enjoy it? They're going to think I'm this kind of person because right. I enjoy these things. Mm-hmm. Right. And I have to I tell started, people that. I started going to the movie theater again for that reason. Because, like, it's one thing to watch a movie at home where you have stuff going on in your phone and it's distracting. It's another thing to take hours out of your day to go sit in a room and experience a movie yeah. and just watch it. And yeah. it's even, and it, that is kind of a group thing, too. Like, we all, we're all experiencing it together, mm-hmm. which is different than experiencing it together on social media. Yeah. As opposed to someone just saying, like, oh, I like that movie. Oh, I liked it, too. But, like, being in a room and all of your emotions build at a specific point. The the best movie experience I ever had was at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, at the very – I don't want to spoil it. I mean, it's old by now. But at the very end when he comes out of the shed, the whole theater <laughs> erupted. Like everybody was – it was just such a cathartic moment. And it was a cool experience, one, to see it happen, but two, to experience it with everyone. It was like that group euphoria Yeah, that's, well, that's kind of like lost now. That's like sports. That's like totally not there. Yeah, like a, a big whole grand slam home run. Oh my god, you know, it's fake noise coming in. It's like, and there used to be people there, like you're high fiving and yeah, high fiving strangers, and just like, yeah, like you're fired up and everything. And it's like, that's just gone. Like, that was part of the mm. sports experience. And, and, and maybe, I, maybe I don't you're do right, sports without that, it's just crazy. Mm. Maybe yeah. you're right. Maybe that is why people don't care about sports anymore right now because it's not communal. Like, what's the point? Yeah. And that's kind of the that's well, the, the more political it gets, the less communal it's going to get because that's that used true to too. be our no man's land of like, look, we don't, we, you know, I just high five a stranger. I don't know those politics. I don't know what he cares about, <laughs> whatever. But we both care about things. <clears throat> so it's like awesome. Right. We're on the same side right now. We're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. And, but that's that used to be everything. That's that's one of the things that really bums me out in modern times is like kind of the death of like weird free thinking art. Yeah. Like maybe you didn't hit a home run every time, but you at least got to try something cool. Yeah, and that really doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, I mean, there there is this like element of like political correctness and politics that has to be part of it. And but yeah. I think that's social media too, because it's got to match the algorithm. We got to get the likes. And if you mention this, yeah, this demographic's not going to like that, so we can't have that on this. Well, and that's where that's where social media has to decide what they are. Are they a publisher or are they a platform? Right. Because if you write some racist insanity on a text to somebody, you're not going to get your AT&T's, you know, <laughs> service canceled, right? Right. But because it's like, this is you. This is just what you're saying. Or say something over the phone. Say some insane, politically incorrect thing over the phone. You're not going to get your AT&T or Verizon or Sprint, you know, uh, service canceled. But like if you say it on Facebook, you get 
put in Facebook right. jail, put in Facebook or get jail. banned from Twitter, or get banned, whatever. And so it's like, okay, well, you're if you're a business, if I were to say the same thing in a restaurant out loud and they kick me out and ban me, they have every right to do that, right? Because this is their business, and I'm right. partaking in, in their business, and they have the right to refuse service. It's to not. It's whatever. not a public space. Yeah, exactly. It's it's not a it's not a it's not a platform. It's a publisher, mm-hmm. right? Like you know the. Whoever writes for the Atlantic or for a National Review has to go through the editorial process and say, like, this is we're gonna we're gonna publish this because this is what we believe in and what we will allow, at least to be said on our uh, publishing space. But if it's a platform of just like, hey, we're just a bunch of people out there saying things, then yeah, you're gonna get a lot of insanity. But 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 social media, I think for for the large part, hasn't they're deciding along the way as they yes. go what they are. It's like, okay, well, we're free, brand new. I free mean, speech and, and communication and, and reach everyone and raise your voice. And everyone has a voice of what we were allowed to tell people to say or post <laughs> or pictures or whatever. And it's like, okay, well make up your mind, you know? But that was the so, problem. They gave everybody input. What would you rather than be? Would you rather than be a platform wild west? Anybody can take T can say what they want. Or would you rather than be a publisher of like, you're going to, abide by our terms and conditions of of being on on the service i'd rather it be the wild west if we're talking about facebook i'd rather would you be on it yes but also like it wouldn't be what it is right but the same thing with at&t like anybody can use at&t but not anybody can call me like i don't have to look at everybody's facebook posts i don't have to look at everybody's twitter feed in the same way but we're like obsessed with policing each other right yeah, now. Everybody, everybody with your phone number can call you, and everybody. Right, you but I can give that Twitter. You see, right? But that's the thing. We don't. I can discriminate as to who I give my phone number to. I can also decide who I want to follow on certain media yeah, platforms. So, so it could be the same. But honestly, like it, the, the social media sites wouldn't be what they are if they were the wild west craziness. That's because true. There are, there the, are wild west crazy. Like four chan ain't Facebook, right? That's true. But it's I mean, YouTube wild west. If YouTube hadn't gone corporate, they wouldn't be YouTube, right? And and I think that's for the better that they are YouTube, right? And I think I think a lot of these social medias are for the better of what they are, but that comes with certain like subjective ter- rules and terms and conditions and stuff. Well, but, I mean, the problem is not that there's rules and terms and conditions; it's what's your standard for the rules and terms and conditions, right? Yeah, like, they're, not really, if, they're not really defined. They need right. to really, then and, and that's the problem. But again, it's like they're trying to account for every person who's speaking on their on their public on their things it's like well i don't know what rules and in terms of conditions to set because who does that exclude right if i say you can't can't post anything like this okay well you just marked off everybody that's in this religion or something right well well, i mean okay so that's that's the problem (laughs) because we don't have a how do i say this to bring it back around to christianity with christianity you have a universal standard uh with secular thought you don't so that's where it becomes that dance of like, well, what do we allow? What do we not allow? Like, that's why libertarianism. Like, I, so right. Like, I would, so like, what's my political view? Like, official, my my official bio political view. It would be libertarian if they had an objective moral standard. <laughs> so not right. libertarian. Like, like well, <laughs> you know, governmentally, size of government influence on your life. Yes, like right. Air on the side of freedom and deregulation, but with an objective moral standard. So the problem with libertarianism, there's no objective moral standard. You can do anything you want. Well, right. hey, as a Christian- Within reason. Right? right. I don't believe that as a Christian, but I, governmentally, I believe that they should be more hands off than they are. So 
But that's the problem with these, like we talked about before, with boxes too. Like if you say I'm a libertarian, then it's like, oh, then you agree with all of the libertarian ideals. But we're not – like nobody sensible thinks that way. It's like, well, I, I like this piece. I don't agree with that. I like this from this guy, but I don't like everything he said. You know, like – Well, there can, there, can be, like, there can be libertarian with an objective moral standard because it's like, okay, we're not going to – we're not going to put any restrictions on you doing any drug you want, but we're going to say that damaging your body is wrong. Right. But it's like, I can't stop anybody from doing drugs and shooting up heroin, but I can't say it's wrong. So like, to me, that's libertarian with libertarianism with a more objective moral standard. Hmm. So it's like, I can't, like I can't stop anybody from shooting up, finding heroin, shooting it up. uh, And I don't think I should have that authority. But mm-hmm. I do know that it is objectively wrong to do that. So, but how do you make that a you know a political party? <laughs> well, I, that's I mean that's true. How do you make that a political party? That's more of a social movement. But I mean, social yeah. movements create political parties. That's it, it. One leads to the other. Well, what is the you know uh, politics is downstream from culture, right? right? So like whatever the culture is shifting. That's where the politics are going to kind of go well, to. You think Joe might give a crap about – he used to be hard on crime and stuff. <laughs> now he's defund the police. Yeah. The culture shifted, right? Well, we're in a hard – we're in a weird place in culture right now because culture is kind of like in flatline. Like the, the culture yeah. that we came up in is dead. This idea of like, hey, man, everybody has an opinion and whatever you believe is right. That relativism is kind of dead. Like, Well, it's, can, it, 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 it's dead, but who is one? You know, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, the powers of insanity, like critical race theory and socialist ideas, have won. It's like, wow, well, maybe they have won, but they seem to have the upper hand at the moment. They're gathering their forces. <laughs> yeah, that's well, and that's, that's well, that just proves no neutrality, right? Yes. There's no neutrality. Everybody has a worldview, and they're going to promote it, and they're going to vote with it, and they're going to, you know, push their political agenda with yes. it. So, why shouldn't we? Well, that's the problem is we have not been doing that, right? Yeah. Like we've been we've been trying to be – We fear we man be, more than God. Yes, yes. That's what it comes down to. Yes. It's like your, your, your opinions and, and, and outlook on, on anything, family, education, business, wearing a mask, it it's comes from, well, what do I fear, man? Mm. Okay. I do not fear God. Because right. what does God say about these things as far as society and civilization and freedom and – obligation and loving your neighbor and all these things so what, what does that mean right it's like well we don't care about that we care about fear of man you know and i think that's what a lot of it comes down to is that people feel man feel fear man more than uh god and like, so that's something to consider <laughs> talking about social media too to kind of bring it back around to that because you know we're we're Obviously, there's a problem with social media, and we can all kind of see what it is. The, the, the instantaneous feedback is a problem. Uh, the, the narcissism is a problem. The um, kind of – I don't know what they, what, what they call it. When you're behind a screen, you don't feel any kind of empathy towards the other person. That anonymity, yeah. it, it's a problem. So do you think realistically there's like room for something like print media – or things like that to come back, and I hope you say yes because we're about to put out print media. <laughs> yes, I I, I I personally agree. Yes, but I know that I'm not the normal society where things are going. 
right? Right. But I think also a lot of people like not being normal in society yes. where things are going. So there might be a nostalgia factor as far as yeah. like, I read paper books, cool, and I listen to vinyl records, you know, like, okay, you know, who, who thought in 2020 there'd be a vinyl <laughs> record market, right? Vin but vinyls like, outsell CDs now. With, with MP3s and CDs and everything yeah. going on, streaming music, like who thought people, you could sell a vinyl record, but you can't. So it's like there's there's some interest there, and I think uh, there's something in in human beings that that want to be counterculture and that want to go against the grain. Well, the grain is is digital, social media, online, everything, right? So I think there'll always kind of be a place of in our hu human rebellious spirit for something that's kitsch or weird or campy or you know offbeat or against the grain or whatever. So. And I think it's a combination of that, but also a, a desire for like a permanence. Cause like when we talk about Spotify and, and, and yeah. MP3 music, like that's very ephemeral too. You don't actually buy anything. You don't actually yeah. look for anything. You don't have to like do anything with it. Whereas when you buy an album, like you sit with it, you look at it, you go through the liner notes, you listen to yeah. every song, you know, it's that's like, a good, that's a good example as far as music, as far as like getting into a band, because mm -hmm. you know, Remember how it used to be like when you, you hear about a band and you know they're popular and you know they're influential or whatever, and you're like, well, I want to get one of their CDs. And so you just kind of right. buy one, right? right? You don't know if it's their best one or if you don't, you know, whatever. You just kind of buy one and then that becomes your Nirvana CD or your U2 CD. And it's like, okay, well, this is just the first one I bought and I like it and it kind of shapes your thing. But if I have their entire discography, at my fingertips, it's like, well, I don't know what to listen to. I, I really do find that because it's like, I, you know, I wanted to get into like, so I watched that movie Whiplash. Do you ever see that? No, I haven't seen it, but I know it's jazz you're drummer yeah, and yeah. stuff. And it's cool. And they, they had like all these jazz references and stuff. And I really liked that movie. That was a really great. And I was like, man, this is cool. And I really like the soundtrack and stuff. And I was like, wow, this is jazz. Is this jazz? Like, mm. okay. So it's like, well, I want to I want to hear more jazz. I want to get into jazz. So what do you do? You go to Spotify, right? right. And uh, you go to jazz, and you get a billion different things. And it's like, mm. I don't, you know. And it, <laughs> so then I listen to like Miles Davis, and it's like, uh, <laughs> like <yeah. laughs> or like Coltrane, and like he's just blaring on this right. Thing and I'm just like, ugh. <laughs> okay, this is jazz. The same what I heard on Whiplash, you know. Right. So it's like, where do you start? How do you get into it? How do you, whatever? And I don't know. It, it, where where it used to be like you knew someone personally, and they were like, mm. check this out, and they they give you an album, or they they let you listen to a song. And it's like, whoa, this is cool. And, and because you knew them personally, yeah, you trusted their taste. Like, right, oh, this guy yeah. has good taste. Right, exactly. I remember in, in high school, this I was I was um as a, I had a friend, and um we were like in study hall or on board and stuff, and he had his MP3 player or MP3 players, just little, little yeah, box, a little square, yeah, little box, <laughs> and then like it was just you click through songs, and he yeah. downloaded a bunch of songs off the internet, and uh, I I listened to nothing but Christian music. Up right. until that point, <laughs> and uh, so his he let me listen to to it, and I was just clicking randomly through songs, and it was like Red Hot Chili Peppers and uh, Sticks and Billy Joel, and then like Led Zeppelin, like all this music I'd never heard before, and Nirvana, right. all these things. And I was like, man, these are, this is cool. But I trusted that guy, and he was a you know he had a good taste, and he kind of had this eclectic collection of music, and he let me right. listen to it, and so there was that kind of personal connection to it of being. Uh, introduced by someone else into something. Like if I knew someone who was really into jazz and they were like, 
and I was like, hey man, I, I saw Whiplash. I want to like listen to more jazz music. Like what I like, and he knew. Oh, you like Whiplash? Oh, you should check this out. Right. Yes. Oh, you know, it, but there's not. It's just Spotify. You know, and you're you out know, there was, like, drifting in in the digital ocean and just trying to figure <laughs> out like, oh, I like that, and then I do find some jazz music I like, but it's like, you know, uh, okay, Charlie Parker, cool. What what album should I listen to? Does I start from the very beginning? You know, and then but he doesn't get good till like five years in or something, and it's like <laughs> I would get that far and I just listen to all the crap, and it's like, well, I don't like Charlie Parker, you know, <laughs> or whatever it is, you know. So I I got into the Black Keys like a month ago. I just started listening to them because I'd always heard the name Black Keys and maybe heard like a song, but I never listened to them. And this is one of the things that I do like about social media is the reason I decided to check them out is because I watched the episode of Rogan's podcast with the Black Keys. They were actually talking about how they were talking about kind of what you're talking about, how radio or or social or uh, Internet radio isn't built on curation, as in like not somebody's taste but market research and analytics and stuff. Algorithms. Like that. And, and they were, he was saying that uh, Pat, the guy, the, the drummer from black keys was saying that he works with Sirius, not for Sirius, but he works with Sirius and that he had had a radio show and there was an artist that he had been helping produce and stuff that he thought was really cool. And so he'd been going to them constantly and been like, Hey, this artist is pretty cool. You should check them out before they break. It might be something that works on this station or this station. And the answer he got back from Sirius was like, well, they don't have the social media numbers that we would like them to have in order to put them on. So it didn't have to do with how they sound. It didn't have to do with who was recommending them. It was just like, well, what are their likes? How many retweets are they getting? Yeah. And that's so weird when you think about art because art, so, art is as complex as people are. Like yeah. it, The jazz example is perfect because any genre has so many subgenres. Like say you like metal even. Like, okay, I like uh, Avenged Sevenfold. That doesn't mean that I'm going to like Guar or whatever. Like it's all over, you know, it's all over the place. Or if you're into hip hop, like, okay, maybe I like a tribe called quest, but I don't like, uh, I can't even think of anybody else. I wouldn't like, I don't like big daddy Kane. Like it's all, <clears throat> I like this stuff, but I don't like this stuff. I like this stuff. But if it's just like, if I go on Spotify and I click hip hop radio, it's just yeah. going to throw stuff at me Yeah, and it may not stick. I think that's the goal though of these, of these social media and digital platforms and stuff is to is to replicate that that uh influence of that that artificial intelligence of like we know what you're gonna like oh you like that movie We're, you probably like this movie mm. and you see that on netflix it's like yeah how did this come up with my <laughs> recommended <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah. i mean maybe there maybe it's underground maybe it's not because i feel like there is there's a growing discontentment with social media and with certain things. Like I think once it stops becoming profitable, it's not going to be what it is now. How would it stop becoming profitable? Well, I mean, like if you look at TikTok, and I know that's a different example because it was a radical example, but Trump came down pretty hard on TikTok because they were gathering data for a Chinese based company. So Trump will save us. No, no, no. But I mean, something, I mean, maybe it has to be something drastic. But do you remember when a couple of years ago, uh, certain people's Instagram pages changed so that you couldn't see the exact number of likes you had? Who? It, it wasn't for everybody, but like Instagram rolled out this thing where they were like, we're going to give you a rough estimate of how many likes you have, but we're not going to tell you exactly how many likes you have. Right. So if, if you have like 1,400, we might say, you have over a thousand, but we're not going to give you exact numbers. It was like a, I don't know if it was a trial thing they were doing, 
but people were freaking out because like all the Instagram models were like, if I don't know how many likes I have, how am I going to get paid? Like they're not going to know what I'm worth if they don't You're know my number. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, if, uh, I think I do remember hearing about that now. Yeah. That it was a thing. Like and there was, there was another thing Instagram did too. I think it was when Facebook took over where if they decided that you had a spam account, like if you were just trying to make cash oh, off yeah. of people by spamming them, they would just delete your account. Can and, you like not make a, an account for your cat or something? I know, like, people were doing that. I, people I know were, like, people make, were doing that. Right. And, or, or, or like you had to be a certain age too. So like the kids yeah. couldn't be on it. Like little kids yeah. couldn't be and on I, it. I think the more corporate it gets and the more like sanitized it gets, that's going to be a thing where it's like they're going to start like narrowing down how free you can be on it. And then it might yeah. not be profitable for certain people. To well, be I think it. if a certain amount of people get pissed off enough or just mm -hmm. get like – dizzy enough on it and just like i need a break you know i think i think i think a lot of people do take like social media breaks you oh, know for sure like a detox and it's like when i was telling people like oh i, I post this thing you don't like it i'm like oh I'm, I'm i'm taking a break from social media it's like oh yeah you know it's like they <laughs> like like they had done it too or like they had you oh. know i think that's kind of maybe where it might, where it might go as far as like just enough people getting tired of it or just like man, i can't just like keep doing this like because it's gonna it's gonna keep changing you know, I mean, think about how other things died off, you know, like MySpace or mm. like Friendster or Blogger or Live, all these things that were kind of before social media. Right. Well, what ended those things? New things, mm -hmm. right? It was, you know, MySpace died because of Facebook. It's like, right. okay, what's going to be the thing that kills Facebook? I don't know. We, might, we might not see it for 10 years. Like something else, something else comes along that people are like, I'd rather do this. I remember when I switched from AIM to, to <laughs> Facebook Messenger, right? Because like AIM, right? AOL Instant right. Messenger. That was the thing. That was like that was the thing. Were, all my friends were on it. We're all chatting. Oh, yeah. Why, you know, instant, instant messaging to each other, right? And then I, my roommate was like, I cancel my AIM account. And I was like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, everybody's on Facebook. Like all my AIM people were on Facebook now. We're all messaging on that. It's when they, Facebook came out with the messenger. And I was like, hmm. I was kind of like making a switch. I was like, hmm. and I was, I remember like going through my AIM contacts and stuff. Like they're all on Facebook. They're on but Facebook. Even, you know so what? I was like, I can delete my AIM. That's insane. <laughs> I was insane to delete my AIM. It's like deleting me. Like, like I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm gonna leave my aim and like, well, who could contact me? What if someone tries to reach out to me? What if someone like Facebook? They're all on Facebook, and so I started Facebook messaging. That was it. Aim was done. Aim was gone. It's like cable with streaming stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, Cut that's the cord. True. Cut the cord. No one has cable anymore. Everybody streams. And yeah. It's like, what? What? How does one thing end? Another thing starts. And yeah, there's there's this constant, never-ending merry-go-round of innovation. New. What new? We got to. We gotta constantly change. You can't get stagnant, or you'll be Barnes and Noble. You gotta think of something new. What's the new thing? What's the new whatever? And I don't know. Maybe people would just get sick of it. And oh, for sure. I, I mean, keep up. That's where I'm at. I I'm feel like sure, that's yeah. why I'm on social media. It's like I can't keep up. You're changing. You're doing things, and and I'm supposed to know how to use it all the time, and, and new platforms and new methods I, or whatever. And it's like I just can't. I don't care anymore. I had like, to get a new phone. This week. been the same for hundred years. So, <laughs> You know what I, mean? was, I, like, I had hey. to get a new phone this week because my other one died. Like it was, it was done. It was time to get a new phone. Yeah. But I was still up to six. Like I hadn't upgraded through all of these other ones. Cause I was at, at some point I was like, I don't care. Like this one still yeah. does what it's supposed to. 
Why yeah. do I need a seven, eight, nine? Like, what difference does it make? To plan out. Really? Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't even that because it was like my camera broke. Okay, I'll replace the camera. The phone still works. Or my charger, my my charge port was given out. I'll put a new one in. It still works. Like, I don't need. And well, maybe that's, that's what it's going to be. We, we're not in a fix it and keep it culture. Yeah. We're no, absolutely not. Throw it away and buy the new one culture. Yes. And the prices have gotten you know, reasonable enough that, that we do that. It's like, do I want to just spend money on just this fixing this car or just want to trade it in for a new one? Mm-hmm. You know, we do. So maybe we're there is that culture. We're not a keep and fix forever culture, but I think we're getting on some level. We're because I think that's not programmed into us. We're talking yeah. creationally. We're right. not programmed to be that way. And I think we're starting to get sick of it. Like it's, it's, yeah. you can only, you can only eat junk food for so long before you get sick. You can only live in this like vapid culture for so long before it's like I I I'm craving something real. Yeah, and we think we know what we want. It's like, well, I want to eat ice cream mm. every day. It's like, no, yes. you don't. <laughs> You're get really sick of ice cream. <laughs> but we're eating. It was like, I, I love it. I could eat this for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's like, no, you can't. You like literally just can't. <laughs> you know. Well, that's. I mean, when you go to your favorite restaurant every day, it's not your favorite restaurant anymore. Like you don't want to see it anymore. It's the guy who works at Pizza Hut hates pizza. Yes, dude. Oh, when I worked at Six Flags, I never went to Six Flags. I don't want to see this place ever. I think we can get so overloaded and saturated with something that's just like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I'm not, that that honestly is where I'm at with social media. It was just like it was just such a soaking saturation. Just like it was like working at a donut place and hating donuts. <laughs> you know, it's just like. Ugh, like I just don't. I'm here all the time. Like I can't. You know, it's why people on social media and app and people who create these apps don't want their kids on it because they know mm-hmm. they know like this is really damaging to people's psychology. Psychology that like we don't want our kids on it. It's like okay, maybe we should take a cue from that. You know. <laughs> and I, that's what I think we've entered in this time now. Like everybody's looking for something, and I, I guess in a way we're always looking for something. But now, especially, like we've hit that point where it's like everything that we loved, everything we thought that was going to make our lives better is starting to wear us down. Like social media is just destroying the fabric of society completely. Yeah. It's tearing everything apart. And we're looking for community again. And we're looking for yeah. real stuff again. We're looking for substance. And the the good thing in all of that is that the only thing that has real community, real substance, real stuff is Christianity. Like that's yeah. it. You, you can try everything else, but you're just going to end up looking for something else again. This is it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. with the print media especially, and I was thinking about this because I, I went to a restaurant this week, and they have those uh, those little boxes that are like free publications. And there's no the – there's no stuff. yeah, the current and stuff. But there's no yeah. rule about what goes in there. Like you don't have to ask the – you know, it's just – is it free? Put it in there. That's why you can get apartment guides and stuff. So <laughs> – just yeah. thinking about that, like, dude, if we made something and just put it in there, like nothing's yeah. stopping us from putting stuff out into the world. Yeah. There's especially now, as much as we just spent like two hours talking about how much we hate social media, yeah. uh, the internet and technology has made it to the point where we can self publish. Yeah. And yeah. with, with yeah. very yeah. little yeah. like right. Like yeah, fifty years ago when you weren't write a book, it's like, well, good luck. You know, because you can you can get five hundred pages on a on a document or a typewriter or something, but no one's gonna see it, right? Like, Who's gonna publish right, that? Who's gonna print right it? now? I can I can write two hundred pages of anything and self publish it and sell it on Amazon. You know what I mean? And get a little niche 
you know, market yeah. or whatever. And, and yeah, that's true. That's what uh, Kevin Smith talks about with movies and stuff. You know, like when he made Red State, it wasn't this big like blockbuster yes. oh. market campaign. It was like I just gonna put it out there and like people will see it. <laughs> I love you that. know. It's like people will see it. People will see it. Like people will know Red State. People will know this movie. Just kind of put it out there, like on streaming and, and independent kind of stuff, and and it it will get to the eyeballs. It will get to people, and yeah, I think that's which is really cool. Like I think that's that's really good. So that but what that is is it that what that is is kind of the anti-social media because it's like yeah. it used to be a lot of industries were controlled by two or three big corporations and it's like you got to get in with them for anybody to see your stuff yes. well it's kind of how the internet is with the social media you got three big big things and it's like if you want to be relevant you got to be on those right. well not not anymore you know so the self-publishing thing or like independent movie thing or independent music thing or whatever is kind of the anti uh uh label anti st big studio anti whatever it's like so the studios the labels capital records war time order motion pictures whatever uh is the facebook and twitter and instagram of their day right but no one's doing those anymore people making mm -hmm. independent films independent music independent whatever well what if we did independent internet what if we did independent mm -hmm. social community right that's i think where we need to start getting because facebook twitter and instagram are going to become the new time warner the new Yes. Disney, the new big yes. studio, whatever, and that people are just going to get sick of and be like, they're not telling us the real story. They're controlling everything. They're controlling the industry. We're going to break out of that and make clerks. You know, and we're starting to get there. Like we're, we're starting to see it. You know? Yes. Like what's the Miramax and New Line mm -hmm. Cinema to Warner and TCM and you know these big movie industries, right? Like Disney right. stuff, right? So like social media is is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram is is quickly becoming. GE and IBM of like whatever right. it's like well, we want to break out of that and mm -hmm. I think there is something in the human spirit that wants to break away from that big corporate conglomerate cookie cutter format you know and then so we'll see it we've seen it with independent film we've seen it with mm -hmm. self-publishing we've seen it. we'll see it with zines hopefully with this self-published magazine thing we want to put out yeah you know? we just, I, I hope we can get more we can build a community around this that's not just eyeballs on a screen and it's not just you know comments here and there or likes here and there or shares here and there but it, it is a letter passive scrolling right. that's worthless or whatever it's like fit to print we're gonna take time and double check and edit and proofread and make sure all the grammar's right and there's like to print this is because when you put that it's like freezing in a carbonite it's forever right. like you're putting your you name know. on that can't go back into the file and just change it real quick and come out. Right. It's like no, I gotta like print a retraction or something mm. because we screwed something up. Like you gotta have integrity to be in print. Set in stone, right? That's what we're looking for. Mm. Yeah. And there's so I'm gonna some put, the, I'm gonna put the, uh, behind that. Yeah. Here's the uh, the address one more time: timestampzine at gmail.com. If you want to receive it, if you're interested in collaborating on it, hit us up. Uh, it'll go straight to us. So there's no real middleman there. You'll be talking to us directly. So yeah. Yeah. And uh, cool. Glad everybody who stayed with us. Uh, this We're doing things a little different. We're going to take the audio from this, edit it down, and it'll be up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts on Friday. So Friday, you'll get a little bit slimmer yeah. version of this. So until next week, we'll see you guys. Same time, same place. Keep yeah. it real. See ya. Later. Bye.